0: You're listening to the Northern Hills Baptist Church Podcast. I was blind. Welcome back to the Northern Hills Baptist Church Podcast. My name is Justin Love. I'm your host and producer with my friend, BJ Terry. Hi, how are you doing? Pastor, Stephen Chichester. Hey, everybody. (laughs) And guests, Cody Hamilton. Howdy, howdy. And Caleb Eisler, the adult life coordinator at Pleasant Valley Baptist Church. Hey. Well, we have an awesome lineup for you guys today. We have news in the box office. NFL is finally coming back to our screens. Millennials have no friends. And our main topic... (laughs) 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 and our main topic a culture of hate that and more on today's podcast stay tuned for the rest of the show Well, we are back from our summer hiatus. Uh, Usually we try to pump out a a few during the summer, but uh, this summer... kind of get away from us a little bit. Some stuff uh, is going on here in Northern Hills. Um, Pastor Tom uh, will no longer be joining us on the podcast. Why not? He has... Drama. (laughs) Not not for any dramatic reason, Stephen. Oh, okay. No Uh, drama. (laughs) uh, Pastor Tom has actually accepted a position of assistant professorship at North Greenville University in South Carolina. So uh, we wish him the best of luck and uh, we pray that... Uh, God will give him a fruitful ministry there. So, but gentlemen and guests, welcome to the first podcast of the fall. I like how the guests aren't Aren't gentlemen. gentlemen. (laughs) Thanks, gentlemen. Caleb. (laughs) 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 Well, starting off today, we have news in the box office. Finally, the greatest movie of all time, Avengers Endgame. Finally breaks the world. Don't you dare give it that title. Film. <laughs> hey, hey, it's the I bought
1: film. it over the weekend and uh my Did you regret it immediately? <laughs> no, I love the movie. It's just my kids love it more. Oh, and, oh really? And yeah, and they they as soon as it was ending, Ruben says, Hey he looks at me and he's like, Hey Dad, once it ends, can we watch it again? <laughs> we yes. just spent all morning watching this movie. This movie is hey, a million hours long. You want to watch it again? Absolutely, we can. And no, I'm kidding. As in no. Yes. And but yes, he also looked at me and was like, "Dad, I'm never gonna watch Avengers: Infinity War again, because <laughs> it's so
0: inferior, evidently." So so and, inferior uh, to him. Hey, relax. Oh, okay. oh. well, it finally, finally beat Avatar, grossing two point seven six seven billion dollars. So, my question Does it deserve? The no, they title? cheated. They cheated? Yeah,
2: yeah, I think they cheated. They released it twice. Yeah, I
1: think that's, they that's
2: fair. That is bit. totally cheating. They released it and then they were like, Oh no, we're not going to be Avatar. Extra <laughs>
0: scenes. <laughs> and scenes. they're like, What if we just release it again? Maybe mm. people will come see it again. That's lame. Okay, I, I will say that they did. They released it, re released it <laughs> while it was still in theaters. So, I don't. I don't Genius. Know. Maybe the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It only had like Which a certain at, amount of like
3: extra footage though, and I heard it wasn't like worth paying for the extra, again. So the,
0: the extra footage was like an undone CGI Hulk. Yeah, like so, the really. Yeah, I heard people Hulk. were mad about it. So it was. It wasn't great. To yeah. be quite What's honest,
2: over? the whole movie. Hated I'm that. glad I went to see it because I've seen almost all of the Marvel yeah. movies, but it's yeah. not a movie I'll own for sure. Well, really, and that's not. not that's not to say anyone who does want to own it. To me, it wasn't a That'd movie that's particularly you know, entertaining. Of course not. It it was something that really tied up all the yeah. loose ends and I really like that part about okay. it. That but was it was just 3 hours point. of tying up loose ends <laughs> and something that I really don't it's, it's like not a like a church meeting. It doesn't <laughs> have, <laughs> Got him. back to the room. We it doesn't argue. have that rewatching value that some movies have like um we, like Captain America Winter Soldier, I well, feel yeah, like. Uh,
0: okay. I don't think the the point of the film was to like bring you in on the movie, if you haven't seen any of the other Marvel films, this was like a, right. this is this is a fan film. No, sure, yeah, sure, yeah,
2: exactly. it's not a movie that by itself standing alone is no. all that good. It's it's based on its other yeah. mo- other. You, you sequels need and the stuff. other movies. Sure, sure,
0: yeah. yeah. This isn't one where like you could go watch the Titanic and and be like, oh, I know everything <laughs> that's going on. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you chose the Titanic? I,
0: twist I don't ending. know what, what other movie. I'm like, <laughs> twist we ending. got a the fan
1: in the room. Oh, yeah. Thor comes in <laughs> and saves everyone. That's how Titanic usually ends.
0: So uh, the, other, the other thing, was it actually better than Infinity War? I, I think I I it was. I didn't think so. That's oh. debatable. I don't know.
2: That's I don't know.
1: As that a that's movie weird. by itself, it was They're really similar. Yeah, they, the, they're, okay.
0: To me, they're on the same. They're they're Par. Okay, well, that's fine. Well, Marvel just released their Phase 5 lineups including Whoa. Blade, Black Panther 2, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Captain Marvel 2, Spider-Man sequel from from what just happened from yep. Far from Home, Fantastic 4 which
1: Please. Every Again. Fantastic Four they've made has been trash. So Please make it go. This one We're just praying
3: trash. that they do something good with the Fantastic yeah. Four at this point. Because yeah. I don't tired know if they them. can. They've
0: rebooted it like, have no what, faith. two, three times within my lifetime already? Twice and it, now. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. been bad both times. Yeah. Thor 4, where we will have a Natalie Portman 4. Yes. Thor, Thor, 4. <laughs> Thor 4. Thor 4, Natalie Portman 4. Thor 4. A Black Widow movie, which I'm actually excited for, and Avengers 5. All right. Oh, so, Avengers yeah. 5. That's right. It's coming out. Oh so we're in the golden age of comic book taking movies. Avengers movies. <laughs> I can't. Give, it, give them to me all. Uh, give them all to me. Uh, By well, Blade, do they mean like half vampire,
1: half human? Yes. Blade? Correct. So hold on. So what <laughs> happened to Wesley Snipes? Don't worry was about good. Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Don't worry about him. What's I like love that? Wesley Snipes' Blade
0: Do- We're, I think Man that hoping- dude is dope He could kill a vampire oh, yeah. okay, just, Whatever I, you, you guys, mean you looking young, dude Young whippersnappers don't like <laughs> them old movies mm, but I, like them. I think that's what they're helping for Is that like the generation that saw it before Was like oh it's been far when enough West, removed Yeah because oh Wesley Snipes He's like what It's 70? like trying to
3: watch the old Daredevil movie It's just like it's not oh, the, It's, it's so not bad. up to
0: par It's
3: yeah. so bad <laughs> Like Ben Affleck, like, like when I watched it when I was a kid Phenomenal yeah. Yeah. Same thing with Blade If I go back and
0: watch it now
2: you could tell. That I feel that CPI. way about a lot of movies, though, and I think it's just because I didn't know what
0: a good movie was back then.
4: <laughs>
0: I feel the same thing about the uh, the X Men movies. So, mm. well, Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, have any of you guys seen any of the Fast and Furious films? Yes, yes I'm a car enthusiast. Just one. Just one. Yeah, that's Ooh. all Which I need one? to see. Tokyo Drift.
1: No. <laughs> no. Oh, good. That is the best <laughs> one. They're Tokyo all the same Grift. movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, uh, so are we still enjoying these films? No. I'm kind of burnt out. Well, it, it depends. I
1: can tell you, I went and saw Hobbs and Shaw last night, and it was dope. Was it really? It was really good. Yeah. Well, I, I don't enjoyed know. It. Did it. That, that's that hard to mess up. Is <laughs> think about it. Yeah, I mean, I that's will fair. watch anything with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, first of all.
0: Give me awesome cars, big explosions, and guns. And yes. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and I'm good. And I guess Jason Statham's not yeah. too bad, but... Well, I don't know if you guys heard this. This is from CinemaBlend. Uh, they actually have contracted fight scenes now. Um, quoting from CinemaBlend, quote, Dwayne Johnson and Jason, Jason Statham's contracts, if I can talk today, everything down to the amount of damage they would take on screen was negotiated into their overall deal. And actually, they were never allowed to lose a fight on camera. Well, that's funny because I just saw it
1: last night and they lost fights over and over. Did they,
0: like individually <laughs> or like just um, as a, they were, like a
1: team? They fought each other. They, um, they got beaten up by the bad guy. Cause, so you know, you're
0: saying that this source is wrong? Uh, I'm, hey, listen! I'm not calling anybody a liar, but I'm not calling anybody a truther. <laughs> okay, well, let's say this was true. Does this uh, does this matter to you as a viewer, or does it? And does it make the fights less genuine at that point? I'm not sure. I'm thinking about it too much. I mean, you know, <laughs> I just you, I mean, sit back I, and watch yeah, people get beat up all day. I really enjoyed
1: it. It was the, the Hobbs and Shaw movie is goofy. It's it's funny. It's action packed. They they have a great mixture of um, goofiness with the action, Um, and uh, I really it was like watching like a comic book come to life without like the pow and the wham or whatever. Um, But they it was a it was a lot of fun. But it was not the same as a Fast and Furious movie. Okay, like Fast and Furious movies are in a different category. I mean I know it's in the same universe and all of that same. But um, but it's it it was not a in my mind a Fast and Furious like the Fast and Furious eight that last Mm -hmm. one. Oh man, that was so good! And it was just—it <laughs> was like in a different. Caleb's tier over here, like, oh, these of movies
4: are yeah. so bad. Well, when are they going to make one where they go to space? Let's oh, be honest. I think the next one actually—they're actually, they're actually going. to. Are you serious? Okay, yes. that's 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 too far. Like, no, it's not. No, that's, that's I mean, definitely it's too, out there. It's the Fast in and space. Furious, like.
3: Cars are cool. Fast like, and, like, and like, furious let's keep it into the, the Spider Verse. I like fast cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we,
2: we're, start, we're gonna down to Abbey, space. Fast and they're, and gonna like, style. they're
3: gonna do like a Marvel crossover or something. Yep. It's just gonna be weird. No, I'm not. nuts. No. Let's, let's keep it on there. <laughs> yeah. I
2: mean, we can complain all the time about lack of originality through series, but the fact of the matter is, is that it works.
4: Hey, people, people a pay a space. lot of money to
2: go see them. Am I gonna go see it? Yes. I,
1: yeah. am. I mean, been you know,
4: Think about Avatar with the number one movie for a while. It's just dances with wolves with blue people. Yeah. <laughs> or or it, oh it, or my in outer space God. Pocahontas. Yeah.
0: So whoa. Oh, man. <laughs> just all of our minds are just blue blue blowing. That's
1: great. That's <laughs> the best I've heard. It. Okay. That's That's right. a better Pocahontas. I hate Pocahontas. <laughs> Not as a person. I don't have any any uh that's qualms racist. against her as a person. The the Disney movie is trash. Wow. wow. That's, Ooh, that's strong. Yeah, that's strong. Strong. I went there. Wow. <laughs> strong words. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: Well, moving on with today's show, in NFL news, the this is what BJ's been waiting for all day. NFL news. Yeah, Ooh. buddy. Did you guys see this? This is from KCTV5 and, and every local thing here in Kansas City. Mahomes has his own cereal now. This is this is just, this city will buy anything with Mahomes' face on it. He's a cereal quarterback.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well, so the He did make the cover of Madden twenty. He did, he did. Uh that the, scares me by the way. The Madden curse. Yeah, oh, no, Madden. it ain't it ain't
2: real. <laughs> he's gonna it's break it. The fact that the Madden like most right of the time Madden didn't choose very good people to put on its cover. And it's that's also true. very true. <clears throat> the handful of people they did pick that that were really good players like Tom Brady, Gronk, Drew Brees, they were Larry Fitzgerald, they were all fine.
0: Yeah. That's true. Well these boxes give me hope. These boxes of cereal called Mahomes Magic Crunch are going to Patrick Mahomes' youth foundation. Um, and so right now they're selling for about three ninety nine a box at the local IV stores here in Kansas City. But if you go online to find these things they're going for thirty dollars. What? We
4: world? need to ask people a tithe in this cereal so that we can just sell it. <laughs> right. way oh, more. That's you a good idea.
0: That's right. And then puts
4: a whole box <laughs> of cereal in the offering plate. The,
0: <laughs> the most expensive one I could find was a case of twelve for three hundred and fifteen dollars. Why? Just why? Because hmm. it has Mahomes' face on it. Done. I, I don't even know what that guy it looks, at a looks high like. level? Oh no, they are. Like it's so it'll come down.
2: Uh, like in two weeks, it'll be like. Three bucks a box. I, think, like it, everything I else. think
0: it is limited edition, but so like they are Porsche. producing, it at, well, producing it at a high edition. level. Well, they're limited edition now. Magic, crunch but the, I, I think they'll like do it once a year or something like that. I don't now, know. Now, are the crunch
1: pieces like are they in the shape of Mahomes's face? He <laughs> should be. Or are they like the
2: like? No, they're the like
0: frosted flakes. Sort of Frost effects.
2: <laughs> <laughs> They're literally
1: flying. They're not Frosted
0: like
4: Captain Crunch? Yes.
2: Why would he call it Crunch then? But yeah. I'm picturing. Why wouldn't it be Mahomes' flakes? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Mahomes Flakes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Typical.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so some I knew he
1: looked flake. <laughs> is this is this
0: the perhaps the most exciting preseason uh time for the Chiefs ever? Caleb, you were at uh training camp a few days ago. How was it?
4: It was it was crazy because I, you know, I played football in high school, and two people were in the stands, maybe a couple of people's moms, when we had two a days, yeah. and then to see ten thousand people come to uh, a watch training a practice, camp, yeah, to watch <laughs> practice. <laughs> that's what it is. It, it was just crazy. Yeah. Mahomes look good. Frank yeah. Clark looked good. Oh man, uh, it was fun.
0: That new receiver that we we just picked up too. He looks pretty good too. Yeah, he looked really good. Hard man. Uh, no, it's soft man. Mikol Hardman. Yeah, yeah. Cole Hardman. You're right. That's right. My bad. I couldn't remember his name. He's new. You're Chiefs fan. I am, but you don't it, know their number one draft pick. Uh, no, apparently not. I knew Frank Clark. It, when it comes to After like Tyreek Hill came back. When it comes to like,
1: NFL his stats <laughs> and and names and stuff. Like BJ's a Rain Man. Yeah, he's just like he knows everybody. Uh, I have a little bit too much gonna, time on my hands at work. I'm an excellent Browns fan. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Rain Man. I'm an excellent driver. Does anybody watch a movie? No, come on. Two hundred and forty-three. (laughs) Train (laughs) Man.
0: So, are you guys excited for the Chiefs this year? I'm excited for the Browns. No, no no one cares about the Browns. So. Aww. Hey, hey. They are? Oh, BJ, they put that. your headphones back hooks. on. <laughs> look at that. The, the
1: Browns are in the NFL Super Bowl odds of 20 to 1. 20 to, 20 to 1. Yeah. Hey, that's better than 200 to 1. What
0: was hey, that? No, they were 500 to 1. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there in just a second. So you just hold your horses. we got to talk about Ezekiel Elliott for a second. Hold your Browns. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys. This came out today. Uh, representatives for the running back Ezekiel Elliott with the Dallas Cowboys, they have told the Cowboys that he will not play the 2019 season without a new contract. I don't believe it. It came out today on ESPN.
2: Yeah, I know. I still don't believe it.
0: They're, getting, they're bluffing. He's you getting calling
2: them liars. Forty thousand dollars a <laughs> I'm day. calling them bluffers. <laughs> <laughs> he's, getting, he's gonna get fined
0: oh, he's every getting, week. He's getting fined forty thousand dollars a day. I know. He's gonna continue.
2: That's more to than get I fined. make in a year <laughs> yeah. in a So the day. difference that's between so Le'Veon Bell and Ezekiel like Elliott is Ezekiel Elliott's under contract. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell was not. Le'Veon yeah. Bell had a franchise tag that he didn't even sign. So it didn't cost him a dime. He just didn't make any money. That's true. Ezekiel Elliott's gonna lose Thousands upon thousands of dollars he's making, every week.
0: He's making quadruple until he comes in
2: because he's already under
0: contract. Yeah,
2: he's. L- if he does, <laughs> he's going to lose a buttload of money
0: in in a week. He's losing more than we all make combined in a year. Did you know a buttload is actually a an amount a measure of of an amount of? Is it really? Yeah. How
1: much is that? I don't know. It 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 measures. Why would you like- bring it up then? I can't remember things like you can. Rain Man. Google it, but you can Google buttload and it'll tell you. I don't want to Google that. Well, it'll tell you. It looks like somebody else has already Googled Cody,
0: What's a buttload? I'm looking for it real
1: quick. Hold on. Down here we get great internet access. You have to like you have to pray it's in threes actually, and uh, fours for God to hear you so down here.
3: <laughs> Apparently, it's a uh, it's a unit of measurement for wine or whiskey. Oh, we're reformed, (laughs) everyone. The casks are called a butt. That means if you fill the barrel up, you technically have a buttload of wine. (laughs) Told you. Um, Though you probably call it just a full butt. Um, (laughs) According to some people, it's approximately 108 imperial gallons.
2: See, I told you. What's an imperial? And the reason I didn't know it imperial is, know. is the it's unit <coughs> of measurement that a gallon is. Is so it really? We use the imperial, In, the imperial system. system.
0: Yeah. Is oh, okay. the English system. So, oh, so okay. 108.
3: If you think of like the milk jug, that's one gallon. Yeah. yeah. 108 of those of alcohol. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. A lot of wine. Yeah. So he he a <laughs> <laughs> and he's going
3: to
1: use. He's going to lose a buttload of cash. <laughs> Not milk that or wine. That many gallons of cash. That many lie. gallons of cash. If cash it's could be liquefied, thing. which it can, one hundred and
2: eight gallons. <laughs> 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 wow, this this you fell into that one and it was awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this well, it can. Have you ever had sweet tea? That's liquid gold. <laughs> This NFL side, I was thinking about liquidifying
2: assets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's even better. That's where I thought hey, you were going we with it. Just cut out. Just cut out what I said. <laughs> yeah. No. And then we'll go with that. Oh no! I'm gonna <laughs> leave it all in. I'm no. gonna leave it all in there. Hold on! Hold on!
2: Before we move on, why have you not brought up the fact that Tyree Hill did get suspended?
0: I just don't want to talk about it right now. NFL Super Bowl odds—that's that, what we're going to talk about now. <clears throat> uh, should have gotten suspended. NFL, <laughs> NFL yeah. odds that, that came out uh, just last week has New England, Kansas City at six to one odds. Los Angeles Rams, New Orleans Saints ten to one odds. Colts, Bears, Eagles, Packers. Yo yeah, yo, yeah, go pack Fourteen to one. Yeah, they're going to be good. The Chargers sixteen to one, and the Browns. <laughs> Twenty to one. Yeah, I don't see that. <laughs> I don't know what any you know, of those numbers I'm on mean. The, above those, love those are Las Vegas betting
2: odds. That's right. So if you bet ten dollars on the New England Patriots, you make a six Christians to one return. We don't, we
3: don't bet money under the table, Justin. That's please. Right.
2: It gives you an idea of what the country thinks in Las Vegas because they all bet. And the ratios change depending on how many bets are made. Yeah, Gotcha. So the more people right. that bet on the Chiefs, the lower their rating will go. Man, you really the less know a the house lot about this, BJ. Uh, I know a lot about football you. in general. <laughs> I told you. He's like Rain Man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ask him where he put his keys. He has no idea. <laughs> 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 Ask him who the Browns or anybody. They could be the Bills. Yeah. Who the Bills recently drafted. He'll know their names, their, their family tree, what they <laughs> ate for breakfast. <laughs>
0: I do know his name, but not me. <laughs> so I, I, I know his (laughs) Well, moving along, this is from Relevant Magazine. Millennials are saying that they have no close friends. Well, more like a quarter of millennials are saying this. Millennials are actually more likely than older generations to report that they have no acquaintance, about 25% of millennials, no friends at 22%, no close friends at 27%, and no best friends at 30%. This is coming from a study from the University of Pennsylvania that found a link between the social media use and decreased well-being. Speaking about the study, Dr. Dr. Melissa Jihon, a psychologist on the team, said, quote, Here's the bottom line. Using less social media than you normally do would lead to significant decreases in both depression and loneliness. So just going around the room talking about this, uh, about how many friends would you say you have and and do those impact your well-being? Let's define Friend. So we can have We're like having a, a DTR okay. right okay. now. You know,
2: no. <laughs> Someone you could call yeah. if you had a flat tire 10 miles away
1: and he'd come to you. I'm good with that definition. Okay. Wow. That opens up a Pandora's box. <laughs> so does <is> my grandma count as <laughs> kind of my friend then? Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. And that's well, not, that's
2: family. They'd, do,
1: that's they'd a go 100 miles. Do we count miles? wives? Yeah. Do, yeah cause they we would count walk wives? 500 miles. Family, so no, family's off limits. Family's off limits. Oh, yeah. not in, not, and so that means no wives,
0: yeah. no parents? Yeah, no yeah, parents, yeah, yeah. No parents okay. nothing like that.
1: All right, all right. So um, how many friends does Pastor Chai have that would drive 10 miles to help me out if, uh, if my car broke down or something? Zero. I would no. probably <laughs> say uh, five. All right. Just off the top of my head, yeah. five. Okay. That, that I would, I mean, there are people that I'm really close with, like in another state, but I mean, that's they're, not, know, gonna they're not gonna trip. like yeah. be like, okay, let Drive me eight drop hours. $300 in gas to come help
2: you. You yeah. know, there's well, but, and so there's maybe a lot of people too that would even come do it, but somebody you would call, right? Right, right, right yeah.
4: That's yeah, it, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah but, the, there's about five people I would call,
4: killed, right. be 15,
3: yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I got people in multiple states, yeah, I'd right. say roughly 15 ish, yeah, PJ.
0: But same thing
2: yeah and nah not nah, nah less I would say like four yeah yeah uh,
0: between five and ten so yeah yeah I mean, so do you guys think that that impacts your, your self-worth about how many of these close friends that you would have I think to me it's more
1: uh I don't it doesn't bother me how many friends I have uh it, what bothers me is or not bothers me but what concerns me is the quality of that friendship you know yeah you know, yeah. yeah how much uh how much about me do they know, and, and how vulnerable am I able to be with them, and how vulnerable are they able to be with me, and, and those kinds of things. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah, for clarity,
3: were we talking about friends in general, or were we talking about close friends? More like close friends. Oh, okay. I'm going to change my number then. That's oh. That's definitely not 15. Okay. If we're talking close friends. We're yeah. talking like maybe, yeah, four. Four or like, five.
1: Okay. Let's maybe change the parameter to not car breaking down, but like if, uh, like, your grandmother passed away, or your you, one of your parents you could call away. in a time of tragedy. Yeah, right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I'd probably say about four. What's four. About four? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say about that same four or five.
4: Same thing, BJ. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd probably still say fifteen. Yeah, but I'm okay. a single guy, so I'm a little more mobile. That's in my true. social yeah. Yeah, 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 social yeah. status right now.
0: Well, so so is Cody.
4: So.
1: <laughs> 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 Nobody tell my mom. <laughs> We said family didn't count. Does that take it down to three? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <it was>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, would you prefer to have more? The, you know, since we're kind of leveling out about four or five, would would we prefer to have more or are we good with that number? I don't want
1: more because I, um, and this has a lot to do with, I think, our personality types. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, me personally, I, I in my close relationships, I invest everything mm. um and and so i can only do that with so many people yeah um so i i can't take any more no i'm i'm refusing any more applications for close friends sorry listeners i Dang cannot it. take yeah <laughs> i know i can't I've, take any more right i've got to go, I've gotta go. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right my
0: feelings are hurt gotta leave <laughs> we'll move the show along coming up after the break we're gonna be discussing our main topic for today the culture of hate and mass shootings in the united states stay tuned for the rest of the show Well, that was Evil Are the Kings by Wolves at the Gate from their new album, Eclipse. And that was uh, that was requested by Mr. Cody Hamilton today. Yes. <laughs> that was a great song. Well, this past weekend, the nation stood in shock as we witnessed the shootings in Dayton, Ohio, El Paso, Texas, here in Kansas City, Missouri, at First Fridays, and in Chicago over the weekend. Um, and the numbers are, are pretty staggering. In El Paso, there are now 22 dead, um, Two more have died in the hospital, according to the Washington Post. The shooter's manifesto referenced the shooting in New Zealand earlier this year that killed 51 people. In Dayton, Ohio, nine were killed, including the shooter's sister, who was present, with 27 injured. In Chicago over the weekend, in the deadliest weekend in Chicago this year, seven were killed, with 52 injured. In here in Kansas City, a minister's daughter was shot and killed, even though she was not a target. And according to Axios, in the last 20 years since the 1999 Columbine High School Massacre... The United States has had 88 mass shootings with 736 killed. Mother Jones's database defines a mass shooting as having four or more deaths, three or more after 2013 to match the FBI's definition. So the first thing I want to talk about first, um, I think as a group, as Baptists, um, there is no room for hatred, racism, white supremacy, of any kind in our churches. amen. Um, amen. I think yep. uh, what we're seeing in mass media right now uh, from both sides is just spewing over this idea that w- white supremacy is is rampant um, amongst evangelicals, amongst churches, amongst um, the Christian world, especially amongst Republicans. Um, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to label anyone here. Uh, but I, I would probably say that most of us are, are conservative politically. Um, and since we're all part of the Baptist church, we, we kind of have a stake in some of this. But first, I want to talk about racism, white supremacy, and, and the divide that we're seeing between the races and how the church should and could step into this racial divide. So the first thing I want to ask is, why does it seem that the United States is having this issue um, and not the rest of the world? I think it's it exists in
2: the rest of the world for sure it's been a a problem with humanity since the beginning of time
3: well said. So, yeah i mean yeah i mean it's it's definitely not just isolated to the united states but we we see it it's very prevalent mm-hmm. um i mean i think i think this has been an issue since um just the civil rights movement and then we we've tried to to cover it up with various things and you know i mean i think especially with social media and and a lot more um technological advancements we, we see more of it especially on tv so i don't, I don't think it's ever gone away mm-hmm. uh it's definitely always been present mm-hmm. um and it's just i think it's broadcast a little bit clearer now mm-hmm. um f- from whatever side so i mean we, we get to see more of it which i think helps shine light on it so i mean mm-hmm. but i think it's always been there and i think to
4: your point um uh, i think the internet helps with this in the sense that you know 50 years ago before the internet uh if you were as so a pedophile, for example, you wouldn't just put like a sign in, t- you know, the town square saying, hey, pedophiles meeting in the middle of the night uh, because immediately that would get shut down. So you feel like you're isolated in that you feel like you're not going to branch out and, uh, you know, dispatch these beliefs. And yet now you can get into certain corners of the Internet, like 8chan mm-hmm. with the uh, shooter from this weekend, and you can feel emboldened in those beliefs. And yeah. all of a sudden you can believe, oh, this is a majority opinion. Yeah. Or you can feel emboldened in that. And I think the Internet has... Mm-hmm been really unhelpful in that sense i
0: was reading this weekend that actually only seven percent of of united states citizens are actually on twitter only seven yeah, percent and not yet on twitter, so. it is such no, a toxic environment yeah. just to even view and not really even be involved but just to view you can oh, yeah. see as it scrolls that it is just in a toxic environment so I, th- I think you're absolutely right you know when you when you
1: said that uh you know, or when you asked, is this just a problem in the United States? And, um, you guys were just kind of pushing back on that a little bit. I mean, we even see, uh, Peter acting like that in Galatians when, when, uh, Paul yeah. has to step in and, uh, and rebuke Peter for, um, Uh, shunning those who are Gentiles and sitting and eating with the, with the Jews Mm. um, because he's ashamed of, you know, or feels like he will be shamed if he will, if he reaches out, you know, across the aisle as it were. Um, And, uh, and, and we see, we see Paul even dealing with that centuries ago. Um, This is not a new problem. Um, This is not a problem that scripture doesn't address. Mm. It does um, vehemently. Um, and so I, I think that as Christians, uh, we, as, as, um, you know, Romans one says, you know, I'm not ashamed of the gospel and it is to be to the Jew and the Greek mm-hmm. uh, that there, there is, uh, there is no room for racism mm-hmm. in the yeah. gospel. Yeah,
0: that's true. I, I think we need to adjust, uh, address the elephant in the room, at least for Southern Baptists. Um, the SBC was founded on racism. Yeah. yeah. And, and so this touches the heart of modern uh, evangelicals that, that live within SBC life because this is something that we have been combating for at least the last 40-some years. Um, in the 80s is when the SBC actually drafted a resolution saying, hey, we we don't hold to this position. Um, it, it was an open declaration that, uh, that racism has no room in the SBC anymore. Mm. Um, but we still have underlinings uh, of white supremacy throughout the nation, through, uh, whether it's educational or, or just overt, what is white supremacy and how do we begin to combat this, um, both in our churches and in our culture? So, by first, let, let's define what is white supremacy, whether overt or unconsciously. What is white supremacy? Define unconsciously. Certain behaviors or actions that would... Um, Give you tendencies to favor those who are Anglo and not minority or black, Asian, brown, what Hispanic? whatever. I
2: think it being unconscious kind of, I mean, white supremacy is a choice. Mm. White supremacy is the ideal that the white race is stronger, faster, better, smarter than all the other races, and not only that, they're worth more. That other races have have less mm-hmm. worth in their life. That mm-hmm. yeah, that
0: that's a choice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't think you can do that unconsciously. Mm. Do you think that there might be some kind of underpinning uh, prejudice? Prejudice because Well, sure, but I think that happens in a lot of
2: other things besides race. Yeah. I think that girls don't go out with short guys. I think that, you know, fat people have a tendency to be shunned. Yeah. I think that that's a natural thing in our culture as humans that you're never going to be able to divide. Yeah. And to say that it's unconscious white supremacy Mm -hmm. is walking a very yeah. gray, gray line.
0: I think maybe in- by, by unconscious, maybe by there are undertones of actions that are being committed because of because of declarative actions that have been committed before the civil rights era
4: or in, during the civil rights era. I think you could, you know, you're talking about unconscious, <laughs> um, you know, white supremacy and racism. I think the closest you get to that is things like systemic racism of where it may not even be something you're consciously thinking of, but there are systems in place that, have remnants of previous structures mm-hmm. you know pre pre-slavery or sorry yeah pre-civil rights era or you know Jim Crow era where in the aftermath of legislation being passed where it says hey we need to um, integrate schools or uh, end slavery you have legislation particularly in the south that comes up where they're trying to protect the economic status of Wealthy whites in the area. Yeah. Well, you may feel the remnants of that for another hundred years, mm-hmm. and you may not even know that's going on in your culture. But it makes it hard for people of color in the area. So I, maybe mm-hmm. you could, you know, include that as yeah, absolutely.
0: And do you think there might be also an, an education part to that? After reading "Removing the stain of racism from the SBC," there's a lot of of undertones, especially in, in academia, where. Um, African-Americans or Latinos, uh, or other races are not being as published. They're not being, um, as invited, uh, to conferences as speakers. Um, and it's not being done consciously. Um, but because of certain schools that for now half a decade that they've gone to, uh, they're not being invited to things or they're not being published. Do you have an example? What do you mean?
4: Well, I'm saying, do you have an example of that happening? I think uh, maybe an example you could cite would be, so Martin Luther King Jr. Um, studied theology and applied to go to more conservative seminaries, but in the 50s wasn't allowed admittance. Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, depending on how long professorships are, if you have someone that's a professor for 30 or 40 years, it may take just now before you're actually able to hire folks and be culturally in a spot in a school where you could hire um,
2: folks of color mm-hmm. but that was in the 50s though yes i'm talking about a more modern day example well, that's what
1: he's saying he's saying if you know you had schools in the 50s who had professors there that were not in favor of hiring yeah. um uh, people of color as faculty Maybe well, in and, early 30s right and they're and they're young guys and you you kind of uh you know as the, as it goes along they they get tenure and so their their position is is solidified there at the school and is there's multiple of these guys and they could be at, you know in that position for 40 years and so they're just now kind of either dying or getting out of their professorship and so now schools are feeling more freed up to hire those uh, professors of
2: color uh, that that's what he's saying. So it okay, is a okay. modern
1: repercussion of those things that <clears throat> happened back in the 50s. Okay. I'm though. following. Yeah. I'm following. So it, it's
2: not necessarily something that's happening right now. It's, it's, it's a ripple effect that we're dealing yeah, from 60 exactly, years ago. That's exactly okay. it. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. And, and so I'm wondering, how do we as the church begin to reconcile these things? How, how do we reach back out to our African American brothers and sisters, our Latino brothers and sisters, uh, Anyone who is not white, how do we begin to reach? Why out? I,
2: I'm I'm confused at that ideology. Why does it matter?
0: I think it matters because they provide a perspective that white Anglo's don't have. Okay, especially in the terms of theology. No, no, There's you're, a, I'm I'm not yeah. trying to
2: throw shade. I'm just yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really am curious as to this ideal, and I hear it a lot actually in modern day. This ideal that we have to pursue mm-hmm. um, a minority. To bring them into the fold beyond any other, how do I say this? Beyond any uh, I'm drawing a blank. A, a great a great example would be affirmative action. Okay. I, I think affirmative action does that. Affirmative okay. action pulls minority out no matter the circumstance and puts them above all other basics. Like qualified candidates. Correct. Okay. Qualifications don't matter. Yeah. Minority matters. I don't understand that. I'm, I'm not th- even saying it's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hear me out. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not like some kind of white supremacist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah, a racist. I got you.
0: I, I just am curious philosophically at why that's important. I think one of the reasons why it's so important is because they have not had a voice, uh, especially within evangelical culture. Um, I mean, we had white and black churches, and black churches oftentimes weren't seen as churches, um, especially by people who were in the SBC because they were setting up uh, clans with the KKK. Yeah um and because of that we need to give them the voice. Okay, that's a really good point. And we still
1: have those ripple effects of of those churches that began so many years ago, 50, 60, 70 years ago that um you know that the the blacks black, black people and white people didn't you know, the, the want to be in church with one another, and they wanted to worship the same God, but they uh, but not together, not together. And and uh, black people were actually, you know, uh, at in in some instances, wanting to be in those white uh, church communities, and uh, were ostracized, and so they had to begin. Their own church, yeah. right? And and so then yeah. it, you've you've got this dichotomy of the, there's the white churches and there's black churches, there's Asian churches, there's Hispanic churches, and you know you can you can worship there as long as you have you know back Here's those the, people this right nationality, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, and we still have ripples of that where you know Northern Hills by itself is is primarily a, a, a white church. Yeah. Um, we do have some wonderful uh, African-American people who uh, join us in worship, who are members here and are wonderful believers in the Lord. And I love that about Northern Hills. Uh, and I've been at uh, a few churches pastorally, and it, I think Northern Hills is the first church that I've been at that have had at least adult um members, mm-hmm. not just, you know, like maybe children they've that have been adopted. Those have been the only, only other uh, black people in the white church that I've been in, yeah. that there's, there are black children that these white parents adopted. And don't get me wrong, I am, you know, if anybody's for adoption, the guy with eight kids is for <laughs> adoption. Um, you want to add a so, couple more? No, thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, I think we're still dealing with the ripple effects of yeah. that because we, we don't see, you know, a... Uh, a, a genuine mixture yeah. across the board of uh, just when you look out at the congregation, you know, you can't say, Oh, this is a white church, or this is a black church, or, a Hispanic church, whatever no. it, you, you look out and you're like, well, there's, there's definitely, this is definitely a
0: uh, more white church. When we whatever. start to make ripple folks, in the opposite direction, often you make waves as people yeah. start crashing into each other. How do we do it respectfully? where it's not tokenism, it's not, oh, you know, we're reaching out to the minorities or, or an affirmative action. But how do we genuinely begin to seek out reconciliation for those who came before us?
4: I think uh, I think a key to this is being settled and saying this is something important that we need to address. Yeah. And realizing as well that... Um, You'd never want to cause division unnecessarily in the church, but at the same time, if there is truth that needs to be declared, we should declare it. Um, I was just listening to a lecture that uh, Ligon Duncan gave the other day, and uh, he was talking about how in 1867, a theologian named Robert L. Dabney uh, was speaking to the Synod at Virginia, and the Memphis Synod uh, nearby had just recommended that any freed black slave that qualified to be an elder should be allowed to be ordained. And Dabney Mm -hmm. goes through and has five reasons why he doesn't believe that should be the case and says we shouldn't move forward to that. And his main reason was for the unity of the church. Mm -hmm. Really? And I think that's instructive for us to say, um, again, you don't want to cause division unnecessarily, but we have to be careful (laughs) just to be just saying (laughs) we're not going to take any action just for the sake of unity because that's been used in some really demonic means in the past. Yeah.
2: Sometimes we need to shed some fat.
4: Yeah,
3: mm-hmm.
2: well, I think it's I think it's also a personal of uh, just
4: <laughs> yes, and also <laughs> philosophical.
3: It hurt, hurt my feelings. I think if you if you if you can affirm this guy or this or this woman as a brother or sister in the Lord, don't aren't don't, don't you love them? Why yeah. would you not want to take the time to mm-hmm. hey, let's grab coffee? Yeah, mm-hmm. understanding the the division that's that's there, especially because I'm from Southeast Texas. Like my the, my home church is primarily white we have a yeah. couple of people that are that are not but primarily but i can drive 15 minutes up the road and there's blue, i don't know Antioch Mission Baptist Church primarily black yeah like i rem- i remember there was one day after service i went to go get something to eat didn't have plans and i saw this black gentleman mm-hmm. and i just spoke to him hey sir how you doing um blah blah, blah. you know we got another conversation of the lord he was shocked and dumbfounded that i would interact with him wow but but we have the common finding out that he that's where he went to church, blah, yeah. blah, blah. He, he loves the Lord. Mm. That's my brother. Yeah, I, I should be willing to to interact with him, to reach out to him, and especially because they don't have the same perspectives that we do. Mm. I think that's important to, to understand mm-hmm. their perspective, their lives, because they are as much a part of the body of Christ as we are.
4: Yeah. I think it's worth also just seeing the irony of the situation to say that, you know, okay, Christian white supremacy is— uh, that, that, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah because such a You're singing songs of praise to a Palestinian Jew right. <laughs> that was not white. And yeah. think right. about the, some of the greatest theologians of the church, Augustine, was from North Africa. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. So when you have white supremacists or pro-slavery folks 100 years ago quoting Augustine all the time in the theological writings, not understanding the irony of what they're doing. Yep. And you know, Jesus ascends mm-hmm. to heaven as a Palestinian Jew. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I
0: think the, the other part that the other thing that we have to do is we have to point out those theologians that were wrong. So like Jonathan Edwards. Yeah. Yeah. Which breaks my heart to say. Yeah. 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 But these men, godly, good men, Hey, you got it wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and post, you know, going into glory, I think they realize that. Well, yeah. And doing that with grace.
3: I mean, we don't want to, Belabor labor, one flaw in a man. Yeah. I mean, we, we we all have flaws. Mm-hmm. I mean, We've got it, it's, it's important to acknowledge, hey, these guys were wrong. Acknowledge, you know, the founding of the SBC was over slavery, stuff like that. Doing it with grace because, mm-hmm. you know, Lord the, Lord willing, we pass into glory and the Lord hasn't returned. We would want the same grace if someone were to pick up our journal 100 years from now mm-hmm. and, and say, man, I really disagree with, you know, Justin Love's thought on blank. Yeah. But I know from, from what I've read of him. Do you think Do
0: you think that they knew
2: it was wrong at the time? Oh, I man. think some of them did. I, yeah. I do too, and that's where I actually defer from that. I, yeah. And not not the grace thing. I sure. completely agree with that. But this idea that we need to ignore a serious issue—if they knew it was an issue—that's oh, yeah. that's that's a, that's a massive yeah. flaw. That's like, not absolutely. George yeah.
0: Whitfield actually preached out against it when he first started coming to the United States. Or, to the colonies mm-hmm. and, oh, then yeah. and then it was switched. towards the end. Yeah, and it was like the second or third of his second, third trip that he was up sorry, fourth or fifth trip. He was over here. He flip-flopped.
1: Yeah. He realized he could, uh, he could hire slaves for a lot
0: cheaper yeah. to work in his orphanages. Mm-hmm. Yet he still Preached
4: the gospel to him, which is a whole nother sense of. Hygiene. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. so, okay. So we understand what the issue is, you know, we, traditionally, uh, noon on Sunday is the most segregated time in the United States. How do we stop that? How do we reach back out?
3: I think if you're intentional,
0: I don't I mean, know. That, yeah, yeah. You have to be Especially. intentional about it. You
3: have to under knowing that this is an issue. You have to make steps yeah. towards
0: reconciliation. And I think I think adding in there that it's going to be uncomfortable.
3: Oh yeah. I mean, it's it, it. We are drawn to people that are like us with personality, the way they look, things of that nature. But I think if you're intentional about it, finding that brother or sister in Christ who is not like you, whether they're, they're black, white, yellow, red, whatever color they are, being intentional, say, hey, can we hang out sometime? Can yeah. we get a cup of yeah. coffee? Let's sit down and let's talk, get to know them, invest in their life, see how they are different than you.
2: Especially on the in- individual level. I think yes. as a church, it would be very difficult to do that with a policy. Oh yeah. But on the individual level, us as individuals, we need to inter- integrate ourselves into their communities, integrate ourselves into where they are, and show them love in a way that they don't think would be there. Mm-hmm. That, that's how you do it. Christ's love.
1: I just was uh, speaking with a, an older gentleman, a guy doubles my age and he, uh, he's been a believer huh, longer than I've been alive. Um, if you can imagine, you know, uh, people like that, you know, and um, he, he is a faithful man here at Northern Hills. And as we got to talking, we realized, you know, I've been here for, you know, more than three years and we've never really sat down to get to know each other. And uh, so, we went out to lunch and we chatted with each other, spoke about the Bible, spoke, spoke about God and, and his glory. We spoke about our lives and getting to know each other. And, um, you know, he's, he's, you know, in his seventies and here I am in my thirties. I think it's that kind of thing where it, when, as you said, we're drawn to people like us, we're drawn to people who have our same interests, who are roughly our same age, roughly our same income, you know, tax bracket you know, yep. and those kinds of things. We're drawn to those people and that's fine. That's We talked about friends earlier. We can definitely have friends who are like us. That's totally cool. Um, and going to lunch with Those guys who are in a different tax bracket, whether it be higher or lower, whether whether their skin be different color than Mm -hmm. ours, uh, whether they uh, have been a Christian longer than you've been alive, uh, which I mean, even Titus talks about uh, older uh, older men being like this, younger men being like this and, and the younger women learning from the older women. And I think that's true for younger men and older men as well. So.
0: How does Paul's teaching of the one new man in Christ and the tearing down of the wall of hostility how does that impact our role as roles as Christians
4: I think it means we have a mandate for unity mm-hmm. um and I mean Jesus prays for unity in his church in John 17 um and so I think I think we need to pursue unity but I think also a key is um Realizing that in unity, that also doesn't mean just making everyone like ourselves, yeah, either. And that I think there is something of God's glory in the diversity of humanity, and to say, to assume that all of God's glory could be summed up in my whiteness would be crazy. Yeah. yeah. And so, as we pursue intentional conversations, not doing so, assuming that people will assimilate to our ways,
2: mm-hmm. every way. Yeah. I think we have the tendency, too, to look at each other and think what makes us different rather than what do we have in common. The one thing that we all have in common is Christ. Yeah. And that's, that's the way you do it. That's the way you unify. You quit focusing on color of skin, on, on where you live, on what you do for a living, and you focus on the fact that you're, you're all
0: followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think especially our professors at Midwestern will, will hammer on this over and over and over again. We have to have a Christocentric uh, theology. Everything must come from and must be centered on Christ. Um, if it's centered on, on a individual theology or an individual um, text or an individual uh, ideology, the rest of your worldview is going to be shaped and manipulated by that. It must be shaped and manipulated around the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah, if we right. don't have our churches like that, we're we're going to be in trouble. So. Um, this weekend, adding on to this, this weekend we saw an extraordinary amount of hate coming out of all of these shootings. Um, obviously, there is a deep-seated hatred right now um, that's being revealed because of these tragedies between left, right, and center um, extremes on both ends. Yeah. How does the church step in to this hate rise
4: above it? How, how do we, how do we engage in this? I think, I mean, this sounds like a Jesus juke and there's a way you could be too heavy handed with this, but I mean, again, putting Jesus at the center to say, okay, Ephesians two fourteen that that um, peace is not merely a political plan of action. It's not merely a certain thing, but peace is a person. Yeah. And okay. How can we offer up the one who offered up himself to bring us peace mm. and reconciliation? And how does, how do we let that fuel all of our, our interactions with folks?
0: Mm-hmm. Do you guys think this is an imago day issue an image of god issue um and what i mean by that is do do you think that these crimes uh that are being committed these atrocities are rooted in the fact that they don't see the victim as an image bearer
3: i think so yeah i mean if if you can commit such a heinous crime as far as willingly just open murder um you have no value for the other person. You don't. You don't value their life. You don't see the value in them, especially as being created in the image of God, regardless of their skin color, um, whether whether they be white or black. And I think that's another pitfall that we have to dodge is falling into some people like to you know we, we just need to be colorblind as a church. I don't think that's true. I mean yeah. that's that's foolish because mm-hmm. God made me white and God made some other brothers black or brown or, or red or yellow. How whatever you want to say. But they're still made in His image, and I think that that speaks volumes because they're different than us, you know. And so, I mean, it's you have to understand that regardless of what the, what color they are, and they are colored, or or we're white, whatever we are, that they're still made in the image of God. Well, mm-hmm. I
2: I don't think that the image of God that rests upon us is really necessarily a physical thing sure. either. Yeah. It's way more about our mind, yeah. our soul, and our spirit being together in one. Yeah, when God created us and put us in our image, I, at least that's the way I sure, feel. Sure. I don't I feel so much that he was all that worried about what
0: color. You, sure. are oh, you yeah, know what absolutely. I'm saying? I, I think at the root of the issue, especially when concerning the and what Cody was saying was that they don't see the other person as someone of value. Yeah. They don't see the other person. Yeah. And I don't, and I worth. don't think
2: these people are Christians. Oh, I, I don't they don't have Christian you, values at how all. Could you be yeah. right? So there, I don't really even know how you'd go yeah. about trying to fix that. That's just sin.
0: Yeah. Well, and so how how do we as ministers or as lay people how, how do we how do we begin to show sinners essentially sinners how, how do we how do we show them that hey you have intrinsic worth you're made in the image of God you deserve uh, you have dignity um, and how do we get them to see the fact that especially those who may be racist that those that they hate have intrinsic worth and value and dignity.
4: I think those interpersonal conversations, you know, the one-on-one meet up for coffee, I think that in itself speaks volumes to say I'm willing to spend time with you and I want to hear about your experience. I think that communicates to someone that hey, you actually value me as a human being. Yeah, that's awesome.
3: Yeah. Well that and we I mean, you just got to go out and preach the gospel at that point because I mean, it's we we can make laws and, and try to adjust social statutes and, and mm. whatever else, but that's not gonna get at the heart if if these men are unconverted, we have to go out and we have to preach the gospel. Yeah. They have to, to come to Christ genuinely and then the Lord will change their heart. We because if I just, you know, go up to some random dude who's he looks sketchy, he has he's a racist I can try and change him and I may adjust social behavior but that doesn't get at the main issue which mm. is his heart and yeah. because at, at the end of the day he's still going to hate people.
0: Yeah. I think the the most controversial part of this whole issue is surrounding what are our rights. Um, that, that is the thing that's being attacked. And I saved this for last because I didn't want to lead we off with it this. A political. I know. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to lead off with this so did it become political at first. Um, we're going to dive into it a little bit. But sure. I, I want it to be, I think our rights center around spirituality, um, especially the soul of the United States. Um, the soul of the United States, intrinsically, people believe that they have rights. Yeah. Um, and so, um, one, how do we address the issues of rights especially around the second amendment and should Christians cling to these rights, especially those outlined by the constitution of the bill of rights. That's a really good question. Should we cling to these
2: as, a, as an American? I am. Ooh, I, I bleed red, white, and blue. buddy, <laughs> And I am so for freedom of speech and the second amendment and, and all the other ones that follow. But as a Christian, I'm not exactly sure if you have any rights. That's a good, I mean, I mean <laughs> hey, that's a no, really, yeah, that's, good that's really good point. I have a real hard time with when I talk about policy in our country and then talk about the gospel, not deferring them, yeah. not mm-hmm. not separating them and creating two different issues. I have a hard time with not doing that because when I talk about policy, it's not always the Christian ideal. Yeah. But then when I talk about the, Christ, the Christian ideal or the gospel or the way that Christ truly loves, it's not what's best for the country. Yeah. So it's. I don't I don't know. That's a really tough question.
0: What do you guys think? Do you, do you think we should be as Christians clinging to rights that have been outlined by our framers?
4: So I think one of the one of the great things that um, our nation's founding documents do is that through many of those rights, they're establishing and reminding people the Imago Day in their fellow human beings. Now, those were not evenly applied. I mean we can think of, you know, three fifths compromise and slavery and things like that, but um, I think as Christians we recognize okay if if uh, the Imago Day stands at this, you know, the central core of the reason we might have rights that get exercised in the government, then we have to say, okay, it's one thing to have, you know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And wherever any of those other amendments or rights come in that might contradict that at points, then we need to we need to have priorities. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, you know, even just last night I was with a group of guys and we went shooting to kind of close off the summer um for our bible study and one of the guys asked you know hey is this this feel a little bit wrong after all the shootings this past weekend Mm -hmm. we just had a good conversation about um ways things you know guns can be used as tools and can be used safely but at the same time if i'm going to defend that before i defend someone's ability to be able to live and breathe then there's an issue to your point yeah
2: Yeah. Uh, well i think the the at least in that circumstance the question would be, how can, how can we fix it? Are there any gun laws we can input that can help? Are there, a, it would taking away guns help? That's the real argument. I don't think anyone would argue that if it did save a vast sure. amount of lives, even a few lives, it would be worth it. Absolutely. I, I struggle with the idea that it would save any, maybe make it worse, you yeah. know? So I think that's where the real argument is. But as far as separating policy from the gospel, I hate, I hate it when I do it, but I have a hard time not
0: doing it sometimes. So let me ask the, the point blank, blank question. <clears throat> As Christians, should we cling to the Second Amendment? No.
4: No. 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 I, I don't think There's we should a, cling to the it. The Second at all. Amendment is not our hope. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think with the Second Amendment, you know, okay, we can understand when, when it was written um, the, the whole logic behind it. I mean, you have people that are saying, okay, we have, su- you know, a founding country, um, you know, and you have the British coming over and they're trying to take over, and so we need a means of protection. And we understand the logic behind the rule. And, you know, at the same time, I think as Christians, we have to ask ourselves, um, you know, I say this as someone that is pro-Second Amendment. Uh, do I get more fired up about the Second Amendment and the NRA or do I get more fired up about, you know, the safety of human beings and the preaching of the gospel? Yeah. And I think people would be really convicted if on a Sunday morning we started asking people to have honest conversations. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: I think one of the worst things we can do is after a tragedy like this, bring up a political point. Yeah. It was a national tragedy. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, we need I'm to be more focused on those families. Yeah. I'm
0: a hundred percent with you. Um, I th- one, one of the things that w- will inevitably though get brought up, especially now that we've had so many of these is the idea of, of gun rights. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's why I asked this question. Sh- should Christians cling to this? A- and my next question is: If under Christian conviction uh, we felt the right to defend the rights, especially the Second Amendment, how do we seek peace with people, even with those who may seek to remove our perceived rights?
4: I think you have to establish on both ends that no matter where you fall on the spectrum, that you put the value and worth of human beings above yeah. um, recreation activities or or you know anything like that. So.
3: Yeah, that, and I think you have to establish um, why are you clinging to these rights? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I if, think
2: "cling" is the improper word, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. defend would be a co- better true. word. Yeah, I mean, if Uphold. I would never cling to it, but yeah. I will yeah. defend it. Yeah,
3: the the question though, like, is is why why do you feel so strongly that you have to hold on to this when when Christ is our hope? Christ, if Christ is central, I mean, should we not hold on loosely to our perceived rights, being willing to mm-hmm. let go of things, whether it be, I mean, a, a, a subject of Christian liberties being you know whether it's the second amendment or a tattoo or whatever it is is this going to offend my brother yeah does this does this prevent me from loving my brother in Christ at that point that's where we have to evaluate my liberties my rights is it worth the offense that is going to cause to my brother or sister
0: mm-hmm. uh, for the sake of the argument i'm going to ask uh, each of you individually under christian conviction would you be willing to give up your second amendment right yes Absolutely.
2: When you say Christian f- conviction, what do you mean?
0: That the preserving of life, the for the preaching of the gospel, for the sake of being able to spread the gospel more effectively, would you be willing to give up oh, your yes. Second Amendment?
2: Yes, for sure.
0: I think that I, honestly, I know I would. I think for the majority of evangelical Americans, that would be a no. Oh yeah, it's it's hard
2: because you think you have well, the right, and to I don't think things. I would have to do that to defend the Second Amendment. No. Yeah. I, I can hold on to my Christian beliefs and firmly believe in the gospel and preach it loudly. Yeah, and still think that if the government takes away my guns, I'm going to fight.
0: Yeah. Well, so what I mean by that is, and the
2: reasoning for, for behind the, that isn't just because I want to just shoot now and then. yeah. It's because the Second Amendment defends the First Amendment, and yeah. the First Amendment defends our rights as Christians. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's, that's what we're really fighting for. I think what more, of what I'm getting at though, is the fact of if it came down to it. Whether I would never pick the Second Amendment over Christ, that, <laughs> if that's, that's what, what you're, that's asking. what I'm getting at. No, like, are you willing to give up the Second Amendment? Obviously. Yeah. And, and the I think we find the basis of that obviously is in, is in Paul's teaching is Christian, you have no rights. Yeah, you've yeah. you've given your rights up. You will, and, and this is a hard one. My wife and I were talking about this the other night. Where do you? Where can we protest? Where can we? Can we legally? Not just legally. Because we can in the United States—that's uh, defended in the First Amendment—that we have the right to to gather and to protest, yeah. um, and to speak publicly. But Christian, do do you have the right to protest anything under the government? And, and I would argue that Paul says no. You sit under the heavy hand of the government, Which is, knowing that Christ will redeem us.
4: Flush that one out for me. <laughs> what do you mean, oh boy, that's, that's <laughs> tough, man. That's a whole podcast. Our entire country
2: and government is designed for people to specifically Absolutely. do that,
4: yeah, uh-huh. and, and protest in peace,
0: yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and while I, while I agree that our rights as United States citizens are there, they're apparent, they're written out in the Bill of Rights, uh, we have to hold intention that our framers were not Christians. Um, and we like this, you know. A lot no, of but the, like I do think that, that the are. Constitution was div-
2: was originally founded on Judeo Christian values. Yeah, this I, idea yeah, that there's an, there's inherent that. inalienable rights that humans mm-hmm. have as human beings, just to be a human being, mm-hmm. was completely unknown by that, and it's completely mm-hmm. founded on yeah.
0: Christ. And, but where I would differ with you, to to be very honest, is that the Christian, y- you, the Bill of
4: Rights does not apply to you. I think it does, but we have to be sure to distinguish what kind of rights are we talking about. So when we accept Christ, we've given up um, our rights in the sense of that we become one with Christ. Mm-hmm. He is our head, and so I think there's a moral category there. But yeah. I, I think even Romans 13, okay, you know, submit to the government, and yet insofar as the government recognizes the image of God in man, which yeah. thankfully our country um, has documents that do in many ways, um, I think we, we can establish genuine rights in a political sense mm-hmm. and just being able to distinguish between moral categories and political categories.
0: Well, gentlemen, thank you for joining me on today's podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, you may go online to mbts.edu Or if you'd like to learn about more, more about Northern Hills Baptist Church, you can go on to nhbcweb.org. Thanks for tuning in.